Welcome to the Payroll Podcast with your host, Nick Day. Find out what it takes to truly discover what it takes to elevate your career within payroll as we meet with the industry leaders who are shaping the industry for tomorrow. Welcome back to episode two of the Payroll Podcast. Well, I'm in Denver for the annual Payroll Org Congress, and I had an opportunity to sit down with a number of different individuals who are shaping the future of the payroll industry of tomorrow. So sit back, relax. I'm going to bring some fantastic speakers to the fore here. They're going to tell us all about the Congress, all about the future of payroll, all about the future of innovation, technology, and of course, global. I'm also recording these for the Payroll Org podcast, which is known as Pay Talk. So please do remember to subscribe to not just the Payroll podcast on your favorite podcast channel but also click subscribe and follow to the pay talk podcast as well because both of us are really really committed to raising the profile of payroll globally for everyone so wherever you like to get your content remember to subscribe to both channels please please share this content with all of your payroll colleagues and friends and let's raise the profile of payroll for everyone it's a fantastic atmosphere here in Denver, uh, and I look forward to uh, to bringing you some really exciting conversations. So sit back, relax, and uh, and enjoy. Hey, so now I'm super excited, joined by Nathan North, Director of Strategic Initiatives at Payroll Org. And I'm really excited because Nathan is particularly proactive when it comes to pushing a narrative about the where payroll is moving to, the world of global payroll tech, and really advancing and raising the profile of the industry. So Nathan, welcome. Let me ask you the first question. Tell us about why global payroll is so important to you, why, why it should be in people's thinking for the future. Absolutely. I believe that global payroll is the uh, epitome of payroll, that uh, if you're not currently uh, within the global space, that at some point in your career, you're going to be asked, you're going to be tapped on that shoulder and, uh, and told, probably told most of the time, that we're going to be entering X country and you need to be ready. Fantastic. Now, of course, a lot of people here are going to be joining the payroll, the global payroll talks and seminars that are going on, but a lot of people won't be at the Congress that are listening to this show. So for those that want to, you know, want to find out more about global payroll, want to know how they can upskill themselves or really develop their career in that direction, tell us a little bit about, more about what Payroll Org are doing and, and where they may be able to find some of those resources to start to make that transition. Absolutely. So uh, first and foremost, make sure you're a uh, global payroll subscriber. You can go to global.payroll.org. Uh, we offer different types of training, uh, with the majority being uh, Zoom-based uh, or uh, virtually interactive. Uh, so we have a lot of offerings uh, coming in the future. We have a lot of um, initiatives that we're working on to offer more resources to our global subscribers uh, and global members. Fantastic. Just want to start the domain again? Uh, global.payroll.org. There you go. Fantastic. Definitely visit that site. Now, obviously, your background is in senior level payroll as well, right? You've come in now and you're doing this great work for Payroll Org. You're working with all the, the people here at the expo. How has the industry really started to shift? And how, from my perspective, it's moving at a rapid pace, right? And we're seeing some of that changes here in real life time. Tell us a little bit about what you've experienced over the last 12, 24 months in this space. Uh, absolutely. I think it, from a innovation standpoint, uh, there's a lot of organizations that have really um, upped the R&D side of payroll, which you know, we, which we haven't really seen in the last 10 years. But absolutely, we're looking at organizations that are using advanced technologies now to really empower the global payroll professional and enable them to really have a fingertip access to the information they need 
to not only process payroll, but also be a strategic partner and then also truly become data analysts. Tell us a bit more about the data side of things then. You know, what, what, why do you think data is so important for the future of payroll? We have access to so much information that has been untapped for so many years that payroll professionals really have, if we look at our, our data sources that are coming in, the data that's going out, the data that we process, there's a lot of insights that we can give to companies. For, for example, it used to be where we just gave where folks were located um, and maybe what, what, uh, how much income they, you know, they were producing. Uh, but now we're able to look at the data analytics side of things and be able to give insights on trends that are happening within the organization beyond just the 100,000 foot level and really dig deep. Fantastic. I just had a, a conversation with Emily Curtin, who's about to go into a talk on uh, RPA, or robotic process automation. Now, I know there's still a lot of people in the payroll community a little bit resistant to, to change, a little bit unsure about the future of payroll because of all the automation that's coming in. How can you, A, put their mind at rest about embracing the future to come, and B, for those that are resistant to change, what message would you give to them? So, first and foremost, RPA does not replace the payroll professional. What it does is it enhances what we do. Uh, implementing uh, RPA with my last role, we found that there was, we actually had to hire additional folks because there was so much time freed up for them to be able to do the anal uh, analysis, make sure that taxes are being paid, make sure that we're really truly in compliance. So it actually opens the door to areas that really when you're sitting in the seat, you're not able to have time to look at those areas of the business and understand, oh, we need to make sure that we get a, whether it's internal or external resource to make sure that our calculations are correct or that our vendors calculations are correct. Yeah, fantastic. I think you've hit the nail on the head. It's about, it's a good thing, right? It's making Absolutely. the role of Pearl more strategic. It's raising the profile. It's opening up that conversation with C-suite, which I know so many Pearl people are really passionate about. From your perspective then, we're on day two today. What are the things that you're most looking forward to over the next couple of days of the Congress? Uh, absolutely meeting as many people as I could possibly meet. Um, also, you know, just really being able to absorb the payroll community you know, uh, beyond what's been launched uh, yeah. virtually, but actually be a part of physically being a part of the payroll community. Fantastic. I have to say, Nathan is a really, really good networker. So if you're listening to this and you're at the Congress, or if you just have a, want to reach out on, on social or on LinkedIn, Get in touch with Nathan. He's really passionate about the future of payroll and future of global payroll in particular. Uh, great to have you. Have a quick chat, Nathan. Thanks for joining me today. Absolutely. Thank you, Nick. So now I'm joined by Lisa Weckman, who is VP of Product Management at Ceridian. Lisa, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Nick. Thank you. So tell me a little bit about your role at Ceridian and what brings you to the Congress. Yes. So I am here at the Congress in Denver. This is my first time at one of the conferences, so I'm super excited. My role at Ceridian is I, I lead the product management organization who's responsible for building our leading global payroll solution with our Dayforce application. Fantastic. And we know, because I've had David Ossipi on my show many years ago, so we talked about global payroll. We see the world of payroll transitioning into what is pretty much a global role. Those that are currently doing domestic payroll are probably going to find themselves in some kind of global capacity in the future. So tell us a little bit about, I guess, the world of global payroll as you see it from a product side of things. Yes. Yeah, so the world is changing, right? This concept of, of 
borders is starting to evaporate and organizations are continuing to expand globally. And so they're looking for payroll providers like Ceridian to offer them solutions that help support their global business needs as they continue to expand in geographic regions, some regions which may be very, very foreign to them. And they're really looking for a strong partner who can help them be successful in those regions. So tell me about some of the challenges then that the that they may be finding themselves faced with that a supplier like Sweden could help them navigate. Yes. Number one, always top of mind challenge is compliance. So if you are local to to a particular region and now you're expanding your operations into somewhere foreign, there's a whole new world of regulations that you've got to be up and aware of and in the know of, right? You have to make sure that you're providing the right, that you're providing an accurate payroll to your employees in a particular country and that you're reducing the risk from an organization perspective. No, that makes perfect sense. So let's say I'm a, I'm considering going to a partner like yourselves to help me with some of those challenges. Tell me about what I sh- kind of questions I should be asking a supplier like yourself. If I wanted to bring a new, you know, someone in who can help me with my global payroll challenges, but I'm not quite sure where to get started with my RFP or, or what questions do I need to ask to make sure I get the right solution? What kind of advice would you give? The advice that I would give an organization looking for a global payroll solution is it's important to find the right partner who will scale and grow with your business, who will provide innovative solutions that grow and expand with the ever-changing needs of business, technology, regulations, one that will be on the cutting edge of the latest technology available that will help you grow and scale your organization because that technology grows and scales with you. Fantastic advice. Now, I know from your red sticker, it's your first time at Congress. I know also it's the first time you've been on a podcast. So tell me, what have you been getting out of the Congress so far? How have you found the experience? Oh, the experience is wonderful. This is my first APA conference. Uh, It is super exciting, Payroll Congress conference. It's super exciting. I have had the pleasure of meeting so many wonderful people here. The payroll profession, although some may think it's a dull profession, right? All we do is deal with compliance and taxes. They are the the most entertaining group of people that you will ever meet. And so I've had the pleasure of meeting so many wonderful folks here. Amazing. And actually, you said sometimes people think it's dull and it's about compliance and processing. We know as you work in product, right? It's innovative as well, right? There's a lot of innovation going on in the industry. A lot of suppliers here with different types of product. Tell about some of the innovations you're most excited about. Yeah, some of the innovations I am most excited about is really tapping into the artificial intelligence and finding ways to automate these ever-lasting manual processes that payroll leaders have been plagued with for years and years. This is time to really disrupt the way payroll operates. And that's by introducing automation, that's by using technology and all these new you know, cool things that are coming to light that will help really change the future of payroll for all these wonderful payroll leaders. Absolutely, you heard it here first. Absolutely right, okay. But so with the innovation as well, which is really good, we're also giving people more access to data. People sometimes are resistant to change. We know that, but we know that the automated process, RPA, people are nervous that 
what does that mean for them? But actually, some of the innovative tools that you guys are producing at suppliers like Civilian give them access to more data so they can be way more strategic in their roles. They can actually save a lot more time off the manual tasks and really focus on stuff that raises the profile. What's your view in terms of the strategic future of payroll? Do you see the, the role of RPA really helping to raise the profile of the industry for well, globally now? It is, it is. So this is exciting. This is an exciting opportunity for payroll leaders to transform into a more strategic role at their organization. They have access to a gold mine of data and that gold mine of data holds so much potential for them to help make decisions that will improve their business, that will help their business move forward. It's transitioning them from this tactical, manual, you know, repetitive process day in and day out to a seat at the table as a strategic partner to the other functional areas in their business. And they can actually provide a ton of value to their organization by leveraging that gold mine of data that they have at their fingertips. Absolutely right, leveraging that gold mine. You heard it here, couldn't agree more. So tell us, last question, tell us a little bit about your background because most people I've had on this sofa today have been sort of operational payroll professionals in a global space. I think you're another example here that we don't need to be confined by operations. You're working in, in product development, which I think is a really exciting space as well within this industry. Tell us about your background and, and yeah, another pathway for people to consider potentially. It is, it is. You know, I've been in the HCM space my entire career, so over 20 years. But most recently in the last 13 years, I've had the privilege of building super innovative, cool, new cutting edge products. And that was our Dayforce product. And it has been just a rewarding opportunity to bring technology to light, technology that helps really disrupt the work life and make work life better for organizations around the world. Yeah, making it better, that's what it's all about. So last question, tell me what you're most excited about over the next couple of days you've got ahead of us. Ah, the next couple of days. So I have a session coming up. I get to speak about global. Tell me more. What's the subject? Yeah, the subject is all the challenges that payroll leaders are facing as they are operating in this borderless world, the global payroll. And I get the privilege of sharing some really wonderful best practices and techniques that will help organizations start to transform their payroll operations and help individuals transform and move into this new world of work. The future of payroll, it's here. It's here today. And it's exciting. It's super exciting and the potential is just amazing. So is, is that a four o'clock talk? It is a four o'clock I think it's the one I'm reporting on. So oh. I have to do the write-ups. I didn't know that till we sat down. So that's exciting. I'll be there for that talk. I'll be enjoying it. Wonderful. Well, thank you ever so much for joining me for this short chat. It's been a real privilege and I hope you enjoy the rest of the show. Thank you, Nick. So now I'm joined on the Pearl Hot Seat by Rebecca Harshberger, who's been brought over to me by Mary Holland. I know you work at Entertainment Partners. Mm -hmm. And my understanding is that's a particularly complex payroll operation. Tell us a little bit more. Yes, Entertainment Partners does the payroll for the motion picture, television and streaming industry. Wow. We're the largest in the business. Uh, we are global and we pay probably 600,000 people a year. Wow. Yes, it's huge. We have 600 unions programmed into our proprietary software system. Wow. And we're on a first name basis with the IRS because payroll taxes are incredibly important to the industry 
and that's my world. I'm an expert in payroll taxes for the motion picture television and streaming industry. Well, I guess you must need to be, and it's not just domestic, it's global as well, just to add a layer of extra complexity. I think this is a first for me. So I've done, this is 110 plus episodes. I've never met someone who's got a payroll quite that size. So how do you, where do you even start with that? How do you, how do you navigate the complexity and the, vol the sheer volume of a payroll like that? So you, you actually start just like any other payroll, and you really cannot think of the volume. You just have to think of the individual that's in front of you right now, enter their timesheet correctly, or you know they're gonna enter it on their smartphone into our proprietary timekeeping system. Um, they're gonna have a start paperwork that's also on our system. They're gonna verify that. If they've worked with us before, it'll all be there and they can update it. They'll have to input it the first time, obviously. Yeah. Just like you and I would at any other corporation, and then they're gonna do their timesheets. The complexity really is in the automation okay. behind the scenes. For everything else, it's just like you and I, truly. So it's a bit like doing, as they say, we're gonna do your first ultra marathon. People get scared, but actually the answer is put one foot in front of the other. It's the best way to get started. It, it truly is, and um, it can be intimidating because it is a very large company. So in the payroll tax world, we deal with millions of dollars a day. Sure. And so it takes a little while for someone to wrap their head around that if they're a new payroll analyst because they're not used to dealing at that volume. But that's an interesting concept. So for me, payroll analyst is still a relatively new sort of title in the world of payroll, mm -hmm. right? It's, it's a good example of where the industry started to evolve. We've, we've talked a lot today with the guests I've had here on the sofa about how payroll has been evolving into the world of global payroll, but actually it's not just global, it's analysts and data as well. So what are some of the people that you're managing in, in, in your in your role that, that maybe aren't just traditional payroll professionals? I, uh, just as an example, a product manager over our W4 product, they've got to make sure that when they present a W4 electronically, that it actually mirrors and then processes the way that it should throughout the whole system. And you don't really think of that person as a person in a payroll tax department, sure. but that product manager that owns that, they're you could call them a stakeholder, you could call them um, a team member, but the reality is they're really part of the payroll tax process. Fantastic. So tell us a little bit about how you got into payroll. Mary Holland brought you over, which is great. I've known Mary for a long time. It sounds like you have as well. But how did you evolve your career to, to end up with a function of that sort of scale and stature? So that is a very good question. Um, I have had seven careers in my life. Wow. I, my, my degree is actually in marketing. Okay. I, don't, I do not know why I'm part of finance. My degree is in theater, <laughs> so don't worry. <laughs> um, so I started out uh, in advertising layout and design, got laid off, became a recruiter, recruited um, finance and accounting. Do so you know my world very well? I do. Okay. I do as a recruiter for seven years. And then I had an opportunity to completely change careers and go with an unemployment claims processor. Back then it was called Frick. It became Talks, and then it became, um, it's the um, competitor to Experian, uh, Equifax. Equifax. It became Equifax. I left when it was still um, Frick. Uh, I went to Deloitte in a mid-career change to help Deloitte create an employment tax practice within their state and local practice. And okay. I think you'll maybe be talking to Mindy Mayo. Yeah, a little bit She and on. I started on the same day. Okay. And so at what was interesting about Deloitte was they were, they were trying to start like an employment tax practice in the multi-state department, but I kept getting payroll questions and I knew nothing about payroll. Okay. 
So I had remembered a client wanting me to join the LA chapter of the American Payroll Association. I went to a chapter meeting. I found out about the national organization. I looked on their website and found all these classes in payroll. And I went to the head of the department at the time and I said, you know, I'm getting all these questions about payroll. There's no one here that knows the answers. I think if I take all of these classes and if I take them all over the United States, I'm gonna network with all of those people and I'm gonna have this huge network and I'm gonna be able to answer any payroll question that comes in and I think I can build both a employment tax practice and a payroll tax consulting practice at the same time, what do you think? Wow, that's visionary, I love it. And so did he. And so he said, yes, do that, but you must find somebody else to do that with you in another office because you cannot be a one woman band. And so I teamed up with Mindy Mayo. We took all these classes. We started to speak together. And one of my very first clients was Entertainment Partners. I see. So after a few years at Deloitte, uh, Entertainment Partners, their director of payroll taxes was retiring. And uh, the they, stars aligned. They, yeah, the stars aligned. And it was time to move back into private industry. And from there, uh, that, that was 2003, it's almost been exactly 20 years. The industry itself has grown, but more importantly, Entertainment Partners has grown to meet the needs of a, of a, a production worldwide. And so it's been not just a ride of a growth in payroll taxes and all the complexities of compliance, but also the ride of really helping to automate the production industry, yeah. the motion picture and television and mo movie. And that. It's so hard for me to say streaming, but streaming is such a big part of it now. Um, as but also part you, of that industry. you started in advertising, you've almost gone in yeah. media, you've I gone back into media. media back, in the, back into full circle. I've yeah. got to ask, because I don't think I've ever had the opportunity to ask this before, but you said you did recruitment for seven years. So I've run my yeah. own payroll recruitment agency. Yeah. So it sounds to me like you used your skills in, in, in media and advertising, you've used your skills and potentially gained in recruitment for networking, because mm -hmm. you saw an opportunity, you networked all over mm -hmm. the States, you've certainly utilized the, the benefits of payroll org, as it was yes. then APA. I never get to ask, so how did your seven years in recruitment help you in your now career in payroll? I'd love to know as a recruiter. Oh, I can interview anybody and figure out within 15 minutes whether or not it's gonna work out. It's a talent. It, it is a talent. It's a, um, it is accepting your gut instinct. And that is what I think is the most difficult thing to do as you transition into leadership, is to continue to listen to your gut and ignore the logic of the situation. And really recruiting, there were so many times I would pick the call and phone and call a client and say, I'm going to send somebody over. They are absolutely fabulous. You have to get past. Yeah, trust first, me. they're a little bit nerdy. Yeah. They're an introvert. They're not me. Get past it and you are going to love this person and they are going to do a great job for your company. And I was an amazing recruiter because of that. They understood when I said that, they were like, oh, I need to understand that I'm interviewing an accountant. Yeah. <laughs> They're introverts. Well, it's the same in payroll, right? Exactly. I right? work in payroll recruitment. I, I, it's an introverted profession, it, it, generally. It really is. Yeah. And when all a lot of people need in, in their career when they're, and you know this as you coach people, you can try to coach an introvert into being a little more effervescent and outgoing, but they're never really going to hit it. They're sure. going to feel like they're faking it. So I relieved people of that. And I still do that to this day when I talk to people. I think, 
you, you can put people at ease very quickly and get what you need out of the interview or the discussion or the meeting. You can get right to the heart of it very quickly yeah. um, by building that first two or three minutes of rapport that you always build at the beginning of a interview. Now you mentioned earlier as well that you're as I say, entertainment partners, you've got a global payroll as well. Mm -hmm. So tell us about the global payroll side of things. Tell us about some of the complexities there that you have to navigate for, for a payroll of that size as well. Fortunately, I don't have to navigate them. Okay, well that's good. <laughs> we have in-country people that will do that. Um, so we do have uh, an office in the UK. Okay. We've got an office in Australia. So we're really going where there's a lot of film and television and streaming production. So um, we do pay anybody that's based in the United States that's filming in a foreign jurisdiction. And what's different about that is there are different tax treaties for all of those countries pertaining to artists and athletes. Yeah. So the taxes that we're paying in those countries are not employment related. They're related to that treaty that says I see. you have to tax or their in-country tax code that says, okay, if a foreigner comes in and they're an artist and athlete, then they're taxed this way and it goes to a particular area in their department of revenue. So it's a very different type of taxation. If the production is going to hire someone that is a local, then a local payroll service, our local payroll service I takes see. over. Uh, so I'm just responsible for anybody, U.S. citizen or permanent resident working anywhere in the world. I think you've made it very clear here. For those that perhaps listen to this that don't work in payroll, payroll is complex, right? And that's what these more complex. Isn't it just, right? That's what this Congress is all about. So yes. tell us a little bit about what, you know, what you're getting out of the co uh, Congress so far, some of the seminars you may or may not have been to that have, that have helped you on, on, your, on your payroll journey. So um, I, I, you know, you think after all these years in the industry that you kind of heard it all, done it all, no. No, I sit through classes and I am shocked at the things that I pick up, the little subtle nuances that I can bring back and say, hey, I think we need to take a look at this. Not sure we're exactly interpreted that the way everybody else is, or I didn't even know about this. Sure. Let's double check, are we doing it? Um, so there's that technical aspect that I'm always kind of sussing out, but truly it's the people and it's the networking and it's being around people in this profession where they make a casual comment and you make a casual connection, a stronger connection. And so um, I think it's really, really important that I have people in my life that are experts in Nebraska yeah. <laughs> that I can call and go, hey, we've got a production going to Nebraska. I just want to check on a few things. And they are loving it. They love that somebody calls them and says, double check me on Nebraska. So I think it truly for me um, coming to an event like this is that. Um, I love teaching and sharing my knowledge. I'm teaching three times while I'm here. Wow, okay. So I'm um, looking forward to, um, to all those questions and getting stumped. I love that. I love to be able to say, I don't know, let me find out because I think it's fabulous that um, one of the wonderful things about entertainment partners and I think payroll in general is people tend to think that, uh, that our business is the same every day. And I never have the same day twice. I, I never do. Sometimes I wish I would, but I never ever do. There's always something to learn. And I'm blown away that I've been doing this for 20 years and I'm still learning. I love that. Yeah, well, you're showing all the traits of a growth mindset, right? And lots of people here have that, which is fantastic. Mm -hmm. I think it, for those that have come to Congress before and those that are maybe thinking about coming in the future, it's a really supportive community. People don't seem to be fearful of asking questions about things they don't know. Mm -hmm. If you don't know, there's someone here who will be able to help them. And actually, as you say, setting up those networks, that peer-to-peer -peer group network that 
you need to call someone on Nebraska or Pennsylvania or the UK or wherever it might be, someone here will have the knowledge. And they will freely share it. They will. That's interesting about this community. You know, in so many industries, knowledge is power and it's to be held and doled out very carefully. And in the payroll world, everybody's an open book. They're willing to share, they're willing to tell the tale of the woe, the embarrassing, like, I can't believe I did this, or, oh my, <laughs> I'm paying this huge penalty. Whatever it is, like, oh, I need help, I, I messed up. What do you think? And I'm like, mm, that's, a, that's a big that's mess a big up. One. But that's how we grow, yeah, right? right. Yeah. You learn more from abject failure sure. than you do from success. And I think it's very, it could be very humbling. Um, so because of that, it's a community of very open book people. There's not a lot of arrogance here. Um, and there's not a lot of, um, I can't believe that person didn't know that. How, no. How embarrassing for that. There's literally yeah, none of that, not, to be fair. There's none of that no, here. No, yeah. for sure. So let me ask you maybe a little bit more of a challenging question, which is what do you think is the biggest challenge facing the payroll community at the moment? Particularly those perhaps coming into the industry. It's evolving so fast, both in terms of innovation, in terms of tech, in terms of global boundaries, remote working, all these different things that are hitting the industry all at once. What do you think is the biggest challenge? Um, I think the biggest challenge is local. I think okay. right now the biggest challenge is that people are going to work hybrid. They're going to work from home part-time and they're going to work in the office part-time. They may not be in the same tax jurisdiction. Every jurisdiction is waking up to the fact that they have a remote worker sitting right there and they're going to, they're going to start looking around going, wow, um, do they have a business license? Um, are they doing courtesy withholding? Should they be doing courtesy withholding or should they be filing a, a, a um, corporate tax return in my state? I think that that um, our biggest challenge is going to be that situation where both a, a local jurisdiction or a state, both of them want tax on the same income. And in one of those situations, that's taxation without representation. Sure. Okay. <laughs> and then that's kind of naughty and double taxation is <laughs> kind of painful for the individual. And I don't see us working this out anytime soon. I think we're going to be living with this weird kind of wonkiness for a very long time. So we can talk about AI and we all know that's coming in every aspect of absolutely, our life. Absolutely. So I don't see that as a challenge for payroll. Payroll people, they love automation. That is not going to be the issue. The issue is going to be these weird regulations where there's no right way to do it and doing it the way that each local jurisdiction wants to do results in extreme amounts of tax for the individual. And actually, this is the reason why tech won't won't uh, outsource the payroll professional because it needs contextualization, right? It needs individual contextualization so to individual problems, and yeah. that's that's beyond the realms of, of computing. So, just to, to one off of that, I think that payroll is going to have to get more involved with local politics. Okay. Right. I mean, I think that a, an organization like Payroll Org is going to, and we already have some lobbyists, we already have people that write letters, and I think that we're probably going to build that out a little bit, because we're going to need to be able to explain in language they can understand from an organization, not an individual or not a company that has an agenda, but a, a nonprofit like Payroll Org is the one that can step in there and say, hey. It certainly raises the profile, right? Right. Let's get these two locals together to talk yeah, about yeah. how this is a problem and how we can resolve it so that everybody's happy and we're not double taxing people. 
So my last question, I'm going to change the narrative and pivot this up. For those that want to come into the industry or if you want to sell the payroll industry to someone, you're mm -hmm. at the top of your game doing three talks, huge, huge. I mean, that's blown my mind the size of your payroll operation, particularly from coming from the UK. I don't think we've got any companies with that many employees, let alone. So it's blown my mind. But how would you sell the industry? How would you sell payroll as a career for someone who perhaps oh. hasn't considered it before, mm -hmm. has come across you now and sees this inspirational leader that I've got in front of me right now? Mm -hmm. How would you sell it? I would say this, um, take an accounting class and in that accounting class they'll have one little tiny chapter on payroll and that's kind of the gateway I would okay. think to get into it because um, you really do have to be kind of a numbers person to get sure. into it and you have to really enjoy what's weird about payroll is you have to be both that person that likes people and likes numbers. So there are a tremendous number of payroll opportunities out there. And if you go into it saying, look, I've taken an accounting class, I understand the basics of payroll, I know about this organization, payroll org that can help with training, will you teach me? And people in payroll would love to hear that in an interview. They would love to be that person that teaches you. And who knows, there could be that person right now in that little module who ends up managing a payroll of 600,000 plus. 13 years later, whatever time it takes. So. Exactly. Fantastic. Yeah. I've really enjoyed this talk. I think we should connect again and have a longer show. We could talk for hours, but thank you for joining me for this short section. Last thing, what are you most looking forward to now? We've got two days left of Congress. Have you got any more talks to deliver? I do. I've got uh, at four o'clock today, I'm doing introduction to tax notices. Okay. With Notice Ninja, Rick Pinkerman. Um, and then Friday morning at 8.30, I'm doing a class on taxing remote workers, oh, wow. which is why okay. I talked about okay. it so much. Nice. And then at 10.30, I'm doing, are you serving your clients? And that's more of a soft skills class. So I'm really looking forward to that very last one because it's great to talk technical all day long, but the reality is we're creating a paycheck for someone that really needs it, that doesn't understand it and doesn't really care. Yeah. Um, and so we really need to be talking about, hey, how are we doing with those folks? And, for sure. Um, and so, soft yeah. skills often overlooked, aren't they, right? Yeah, and really, know, really important. Employees are our consumers. They're yeah. the people we've got to look after. Yeah. And it impacts and our state talent and retention and all yeah. these things. It's yeah. not just employees, but every everybody that interacts with the payroll department, are we really serving them as well as we could? Yeah. Yeah. Well, a great place to leave. Listen, thank you ever so much for joining me. It's been a pleasure. welcome. Thank, thank you. you. Have you ever asked yourself, how can I recruit payroll staff effectively? Please don't give up on your recruitment project just yet. Here at JGA Payroll Recruitment, we appreciate the difficulties associated with attracting, recruiting and retaining top payroll talent. We also understand just how costly a poor payroll hire can be. JGA Recruitment are a niche payroll recruitment agency who will partner with you to resource payroll candidates who will improve both the accuracy and efficiency of your payroll department. Contact us today on 01727 800 377 or visit jgarecruitment.com to find out more. So hey, probably my last chat for today and I'm joined by Vivek Karma, president at Niamo, global payroll experts. You are someone... Let's be honest, he knows everything and everything about the world of global payroll. And here we are at Paycon, the Payroll Org. Tell us about how the conference is going for you. Tell us about global payroll. Well, the conference is going great as always, as um, Pete Taliakos mentioned. This, this is the Super Bowl of payroll, right? And um, great place to come, meet our old friends, meet some new customers and prospects. It's been the great two days.
Fantastic. I'm hoping to get Pete on the show tomorrow if I can. I've, I've been looking for him. I haven't seen him yet, but I think he knows I'm chasing him down. So for those that have come to the Congress who want to find out more about global payroll, what are some of the challenges that, that people come to you with that you're, you're able to solve? Well, depends. But in most cases, the current way to handle global payroll is either you have multiple vendors in each country and each country is on its own, which means you have disparate processes, disparate software, and companies face problems in consolidation, as well as are spending a lot more money sure. than what they would if they had a consolidated solution. That's one kind of a client. The other set of clients are that they might have gone to a global payroll vendor. I have some great competitors out here, but all of them inevitably are another version of the same disparate systems except they end up being the middleware between the disparate systems and the client so that they do give the clients the possibility of integration to their hris system allow the data to flow through their middleware but then ultimately the data goes to the localized software and in most cases there are local in-country partners that actually process payroll and then the data goes to the same middleware comes back for whoever it might be Right, all the everyone from the largest in the industry yeah. to the smallest, they all follow the same model. It's very well known in the market. And as you can understand, if there are handoff points, <coughs> excuse me, that can lead to errors. It can lead to communication errors, and as well as it requires a longer time period. In most cases, and this is what the customers tell me, most cases they are looking at anything between two two and a half weeks between the time they cut off payroll and the final payroll is yep. ready in in the global payroll scenario but, but that's not true when you're in a single country right if you are just in the uk chances are your cut off period is 3 days 5 days maybe it's never more than that because it's on one one software so given that we at niamo have addressed this problem a little differently we have built our own single technology platform and it's not a middleware it's a full application with its own grossnet engines for 100 countries today wow it's a single technology platform that can provide not only the payroll processing but also now time and leave management if you also need that in certain countries for smaller population we can provide you that with a little a small HRIS which is like a system of record extends the global HRIS all of it on one platform now in addition to having one technology platform we've also built our infrastructure globally and we have now local subject matter experts our resources in 100 countries because we have to maintain this platform sure right sure. so what our customers will get with the new straight through processing or what we're calling as payroll 3.0 is one technology platform and these 100 country resources being able to deliver global payroll now what that leads to as you can automatically think it now shortens your turnaround time enables you to have a, a robust integration so across otherwise if you have multiple software you can't in integrate all software because you have 20 employees sure. but when you have all of them put together now you can integrate into your software you get straight through data less errors less chances of a breakdown and 
hopefully a better solution. So I have to ask the question, bearing in mind 100 is significant coverage, and I get that, but it might be the, the, the payroll that comes to you or at your expo stand today and says, my country is this one and it's not one of the 100 you cover. So right. what would happen in that situation? Well, it, it depends, right? We today do service more than 100 countries, and in that case, we do end up using a local partner, which is over and above the 100 countries we sure. have today. We are adding in countries every week. Our global vision is that in the next few years, we will be able to cover the world. Um, with 100 countries, we are currently covering more than 80% of our clients' needs, which makes commercial sense. But if, let's say, tomorrow somebody came to me and said, I have a thousand employees in a country and we don't have it coverage, I would program my engine for that country. Be commercially worthwhile to do so. Do sure, so. exactly. that makes sense. So it has to make sense from that perspective. But if it is not, we will still service them. So let's say if I was servicing 25 of their countries on my platform and one went to a partner, that one country may have an extended timeline, but the rest of the 25 would be still online, but still on the same platform. Sure, that makes sense. Yeah. So something that well, I've seen Niamo grow significantly in my time in the payroll industry, I've been here for 20 years and you've almost come from nowhere and now you're a you know, global behemoth in the world of global payroll. Something that we're seeing in the industry at the moment is the the evolution of payroll now, that many people at Congress today, they may have a domestic payroll in the US, mm -hmm. suddenly discovering they've got one country, two countries, you know, a borderless workforce, people are able to hire now in, in other countries as well. So that must have really seen a, a significant change in the industry for, for yourselves as well, where companies which you may have pitched to a year ago with no international suddenly find themselves with an international payroll. How do you see the future continuing to evolve? Is this Are we on a trend where this is going to a lot of people here today are going to have global payrolls by the next payroll congress sure it, see globalization is a process that is going to continue right and globalization as a process of course with countries like us uk france germany the the big western world the developed nation it's it's an automated process right you are good after a while, you will saturate your own market and then you have to look for new markets. Sure. So you will grow. But we see this phenomena even from the developing countries, right? India, China, Malaysia, Indonesia, Philippines, even uh, down under from Australia. You have more and more companies turning to global markets and as they go into global markets and they're looking at global talent, they have to start approaching and looking at global, uh, global payroll or methods of paying their talent globally another another very popular way of paying talent globally now is employer of record yes. and as you have seen the growth of those companies uh, because we are starting to see companies hire talent anywhere because now people can work remotely effectively so that's the other growth area that is coming in Sure. I had Emily Castles on here earlier today talking about employer records so yeah right. we've seen that growth for sure so tell me from the Congress perspective what have, what's been your highlights so far um one of the highlights that I have seen from the Congress, at least from this Congress, is that besides payroll being payroll, the other aspect of payroll is the fintech. If you look around, the number of fintech companies sure. stay here, all of them talking about earned wage access, early access to money, creating lending standards. I think this there is something here now, how much of it will translate outside the U.S.? We've yet to see, because U.S. has some unique situations with our payday lending and pay cards, our pay card, yeah. etc. But in there is a cultural inhibition towards 
early earned wage access outside the US. But as I was telling somebody else, it's a cocaine. Once it starts to get introduced outside, um, it just might turn. You might just see in UK people starting to say, oh, I want to get paid every week instead of yeah. once a month. Sure. And in the UK, I think we, we tend to term it more pay on demand, one demand pay. And you've got earned wage access and early wage access, which are slightly different, but the same acronyms, which makes it slightly confusing. Um, so for the next couple of days of Congress, uh, are, you, are you visiting any of the talks yourself or what are you looking forward to? No, I'm, you know, we, we are here to promote our uh, payroll 3.0 and, and that's what I'm looking to meet prospects. We've had some great conversations and we're looking forward to continuing that. Super. Well, it's a pleasure as always to have you on any of my shows, Rex. So thank you again for joining me today and I hope you enjoy the rest of the Congress. You too, Dick. Have a, have a wonderful Congress. Thank Bye. you. Thank you so much for tuning into the Payroll Podcast with Nick Day of JGA Recruitment. If you need help with a current payroll vacancy, then please get in touch with Nick and his team. All contact details can be found in the episode notes. In the meantime, to make sure you never miss a future episode, please subscribe to the show through any of your favorite podcast channels. Till next time.